Hello and welcome to uh, the 99th episode of Finding Peaks. Uh, I'm your host, Jason Friesma, Chief Clinical Officer of Peaks Recovery. Joining me today, I'm just really excited, uh, my, my usual people, uh, my peeps, Chris Burns, uh, President and Founder of Peaks, and Madeline Padilla, uh, Admission Specialist. And uh, today, um, I've got a couple announcements that I want to go over. First of all, guys, cargo pants are back. Are they? Um, Oh, those are nice. Yeah, these are cargos, uh, Buori. Holy crap! What these are, but like, I'm really excited because like I was old enough to wear cargo pants like in my 20s. Oh, yeah. um, I have the photos if you want to see. Them. <laughs> it's just with I the big pocket. The is that what yeah, defines a cargo pants? Is the big pocket? Yeah, the pocket. On the it side. doesn't have anything to do with the hammer the strap. No. Okay, you that's need that. beyond your. Okay. Yeah, so I'm really excited. These are back, and now I've got some cargo pants. These do look cooler than the they ones. They are. I yeah, they're really formative. 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, and the other announcement is that we had TJ Woodward on here with Conscious Recovery, and uh, we did decide to partner with him. We're now a certified program uh, by Conscious Recovery, yes. cool. and we are beginning to integrate uh, his program into our curriculum, and so I invited uh, Chris and Madeline on to kind of talk about the principles of Conscious Recovery, because I think they really just fall in line with uh, where Peaks is headed, when really where we've been, and, and kind of each of our growth over the last few years. Um, both professionally and personally, uh, kind of leads us to this moment. And so um, kind of without further ado, I did, you guys uh, were diligent, I think, about doing a little homework coming in, but first, first impression of conscious recovery, either one of you. It's funny you say we're integrating it to that, because I think he encapsulated what we are already doing. Yeah. It just fit, mm -hmm. it works, yeah. you know? I, TJ's an amazing guy and we're picking up what he's putting down. In fact, mm -hmm. I think we picked it up a while ago. Mm -hmm. um, but he just put it in a more. <sighs> yeah, he packaged it. He packaged yeah. it, yeah. right. Yeah. He packaged it in a way that people can understand. And just reading through kind of the principles and some of the stuff he said, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, it fits on a page mm -hmm. this long. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's really no. simple. Mm -hmm. It's simple. Yeah. Love it. I really enjoyed not only the curriculum side, but just the way that TJ opens up in the show. I can really relate to the part where he was going through 12-step programming. He's 18 months into recovery, and he doesn't feel like he can be authentic and vulnerable and honest with where he's at, but quite frankly, he feels like dying. Mm -hmm. And I can really relate to that in the early stages of recovery, but I thought it's the best we had. Mm. So I just clenched my teeth and did the best I could, but it really gives people hope in an otherwise seemingly hopeless environment. And the way that he walks that through um, with defining people's perfection. Mm -hmm. um, and then life, he calls it environment, things happen, kind of pile on top of that. I think is just extraordinary because mm -hmm. I've had this experience over the last 15 years of doing this work where it's very difficult to get people to settle and get safe in the environment, mm -hmm. specifically an inpatient environment, extended care, whatever it might be, because I would come in to TJ's point with a plan to change you. Mm -hmm. And that was really industry driven and culture driven in our industry for a lot of years. And, People just had this inability to settle. Mm. And now through this conscious approach, what TJ says, holding space, knowing your light so you can see it in others, and simply knowing that the people that we walk with are resourced enough and have everything they need to do this, they just need that safe container, I think is the biggest breath of fresh air of which we've been pushing. Mm. But it's really solidified with this conscious recovery opportunity. Now I believe, as I've talked on past episodes, the world is a traumatizing place, yeah. and everybody's living through this lived human experience. And so now everybody, as I say, week in and week out, I think can see themselves within the recovery process. Mm. Like what you said, the environment. Mm. 
the environment instead of instead of treatment because mm -hmm. we were talking about this mm -hmm. that like applying an external force to push you in a different direction or change you that's old yes that is so old mm -hmm. you know but an environment for healing mm -hmm. where we're just going to let you settle yeah. and you actually have what you need already inside of you mm -hmm. that's hopeful mm -hmm. that's really hopeful for people yeah. and that untouchable impenetrable part of somebody where their value is not connected to any of their actions. Yeah. That's how you eliminate toxic shame. Mm -hmm. I'm worthy because I am alive, yeah. because I exist, and it has nothing to do with the outcome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's, and just to, huge. to look at the first principle that he talked about, like you, you're already touching on it, mm -hmm. and, and it is underneath all addictive behaviors an essential self that is whole and perfect. perfect. Mm -hmm. And so healing is just about kind of reconnecting with that aspect of yourself that, that, you know, toxic shame says you're certainly not whole and perfect. And even when, you know, when he did the training a few weeks ago with us, I remember when, he, when we read this principle, I'm like, wow, do I believe that? Mm -hmm. At Jason's core, there is something whole and perfect. Yeah. And I, I've thought about it every day since then, to be yeah. honest with you, because yeah. um, there are moments when, that, when I can touch that, mm -hmm. and there are moments when that seems a little less accessible. Yeah. But you brought up a good comment when, when you went through the training, too. It's like how we define, you know, I have a five, six and seven-year-old at home. When those babies come out into this world, you cannot tell me for a moment yeah. that that's a, potentially a sinner, that they're doing something wrong, that yeah. they're maladapted, that they're going to create harm. That is perfection yeah. personified. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Mm -hmm. And then you watch the world build on top of that young person. I know. You know? Yeah. Like shaving away, yeah, shaving away, right? Yeah. It's tough to watch, and, and you know, in, in conversations with TJ too, he talked a lot about like he, he wishes we would change our name, frankly, like if mm -hmm. we would let him to to Peaks like Healing Center rather than Recurring Center, that. because yeah. he's saying that that the healing comes from that that yourself, from that whole and perfect part of you, and allowing that to come through and push through the shame. So we just are as an agency or as a as a program, like we are here to kind of provide the safety, the Band-Aid, if you will, but the healing, right. the magic of it is happening underneath. I love that. Um, the Band-Aid. Yeah, yes, the band -aid. exactly. Because it, it, it's like a scab, you know, you, and you keep peeling it off, peeling mm -hmm. it off, or, or it is re-traumatized. The healing just can't start. Right. It just can't. If you've got your hand in the fire still, there is no, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, healing process that's going to happen. So if we just get people out of the heat, mm -hmm. if we just take them out of the fire for a minute, you know, or... 45 days, 30 days, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The healing will happen. I mean, yeah. it's almost inevitable. People mm -hmm. are so resilient. Yeah. Like, they really yeah. are. It it's <clears throat> blows my mind um, what people are capable of if they're in the right ecosystem. Yeah. And it really fits with our alignment with our model with like our, from our treatment planning perspective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, we didn't know the conscious recovery fits, but we really bring people in and like, hey, let's walk with you. We don't have these drop-down treatment right. plans where it's like, you're doing this and you're doing mm -hmm. this. It's individualized as it comes. And, um, it really needs to fit them like a glove. And to watch people be active participants um, or guide their own process is really, really empowering. We used to come in and say, you're going to do this. You're 90 and 90. You're in a box. And yeah. it's like, my name's Chris, and I'm a lot of things. Yeah. But an alcoholic today is not one of them. Um, and I think that's important to say because we get pushed into these corners sometimes through old culture, even... Folks yeah. today just haven't jumped on the bandwagon of that true, genuine, authentic self. And it can be really discouraging mm. for people that are trying to make, put their best foot forward in this process. And it's unfortunate that the multitude, and I don't like to treatment bash, but the multitude of providers just aren't putting that foot forward of authenticity and vulnerability because 
it requires a tremendous amount of resources and curiosity. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it really does. But um, Madeline and I were talking too. Like it, it is so much easier to be really rigid and really certain, yeah. and to kind of embrace the the mystery of allowing, kind of the mystery of healing to occur because we don't have control over it. Like we just have to provide the setting and this the set and the setting for it to occur and provide our. Uh, our knowledge and information and all that, but really the healing, we just get to access people yeah. as they begin to heal. That's tricky. It and is. it's less about us then. It's right. suddenly about... And it's startling for folks. It is. Absolutely. It's really startling. Like, how are you going to treat me? I don't know. <laughs> Teach us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about yourself. Teach us, yeah. right? Teach yeah. us how to support you. Yeah. Sometimes people don't like that answer. They want to know exactly what we're going to do to change them. Mm -hmm. And that's the issue. That's where this whole mm -hmm. thing went bad in the first place. Right. Yeah. Going you back to your yes. experience. Right. Your experience speaks right. to the volumes to that. Because I can remember yeah. being in group with you, and I told the women this morning. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Madeline? She'd be like, pass, Chris, not feeling it. Yeah. Like you, Neutral. Like, what are, you, what are we changing? And yeah. There was an experience in there and an energy exchange that really speaks to me now. Mm -hmm. And it was like, this stuff isn't going to work for me. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing something different. I don't know what it is, mm -hmm. but this repetitive trying to change me mm -hmm. is not going to work. And you really dug your foot in the ground and at a time that was probably way before it should have, you know? Oh, but <laughs> we, I was arguing with staff yeah, left well. and right. The whole thing was crazy, you it know? Makes it makes sense. It was. Um, but I do know where the healing happened, mm -hmm. and it just happened with people that were willing to be present. Mm -hmm. And that yeah. was it. And you know what? All the other kind of old school stuff that was going on at at the time, I was willing to overlook that because yeah. the presence was yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah. You, know I mean? sure. you can overlook that. Um, but what if we had all the presence and none of the distractions mm -hmm. that are taking people away from the, the unshakable truth that they are whole? The unshakable, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. It's pretty powerful. Yeah, it is. The, the second principle that he talks about, which I think is great too, he says the addiction itself has never been the problem but was a strategy that has lost its effectiveness. Yes. People use drugs because they were yeah. so good. Yeah. It worked so yeah. well. When you talk to him, he calls it the brilliant strategy. It is. Drinking was the brilliant strategy. Drug use was the brilliant strategy. Right. Isolation was the brilliant strategy. Not getting out of bed was the brilliant strategy. These were, given what you've been through, given your shame, given your trauma, given whatever, these were the brilliant things you came up with yeah. to survive. Mm -hmm. And it's not only... Like saying, don't be ashamed of that. It's saying, be proud of that. I <laughs> like, love be proud it. that you found something yeah. that got you through a thing that was really hard, and then it stopped being effective, obviously. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it, but that isn't the actual problem. No. Like, it was actually the strategy you used to try to address the problem. And yeah. you know, TJ said it. He said, if I remember correctly, he's like, well, actually, alcohol has probably saved my life. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Okay. So now now we're actually honoring that as a strategy, removing the behavior from, it's not a, um, it's not an indicator of, of your value, right? Mm -hmm. Now it's starting to make sense. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Like honoring the things that you did to survive, mm -hmm. they aren't, they're incredible. Yeah. You know, we need to honor that in other people too. Yeah, because it comes at a time in our developmental process right. um, where we're, we're making childlike decisions because we're children oftentimes. Mm -hmm. And so what do kids do? They, they try and get safe, and it works. At the time, it's a really great adaptive behavior. Totally. But an adaptive behavior at six turns maladaptive by like third grade. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And now as you're tuning your world out, the world's requiring you to tune it in. Right. And so we kind of get pushed in these directions. And so I think the healing 
the opportunity that we have to create a safe container and let people explore the roots of those symptoms from a holistic side of things right. can be really, really efficacious because people, toxic shame, they're already feeling it. There's nobody coming in that's beating themselves up worse than the person walking through the door. Right. And so if we can out, allow a container of acceptance, compassion, and empathy and all these badass resources and curriculum that people can weave their story in and out of, I think it creates a tremendous opportunity for sustainability, which is really crucial in the early stages of recovery. Stra and strategies, yeah. I like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> strategies are specific to the environment. Yeah. I have a bunch of strategies that I employed in a certain environment that only work in that environment. Mm -hmm. In a safe environment, that's, that's kind of awkward. Oh, this doesn't work anymore. And they're trying to like weave it in, right? Because the brain is like that worked that one time. Yeah. Do you remember that? Like, yeah. Try it here. Yeah. And to not be judged for trying it in the wrong, the wrong environment, you know, or I, you know, I shouldn't say wrong, but the inappropriate environment for that to work and not shaming people for that either. Mm -hmm. We're all just trying to navigate and figure out what works right now and here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's wonderful and to not beat ourselves up over something that saved our life. And when people first started to ask the question, like, what did alcohol do for you? Aren't you grateful that you had it? And I'm like, no, it was bad, it's killing me. And yeah. I had all this negative energy wrapped mm -hmm. around it. But I often look back when mental health care was absent, which is when I was drinking. And, you know, to not drink, what Absolutely. is the next option? You know, to go to a place for my mental health that's a very, very scary place. And Gabor Mate says it in his book, it's hard to get enough mm -hmm. of something that almost works. And you know, like heroin, it's a cheap knockoff for that total wholeness. Yeah. And everybody yeah. wants it so bad. And, and it, it gets you so close. Mm -hmm. Wow, people need that. They really want that. And it, it's, a cheap, it's a cheap replica. Mm -hmm. It's a knockoff. It's, yeah. it's not the real like thing. Yeah. But of course, that's to be human. I'm trying to capture that, that wholeness again. We, just, we can find better ways, though, that mm -hmm. are always accessible. Right. And, and strategies that work everywhere. Mm -hmm. what, if, what if we had a strategy that worked no matter what the environment mm -hmm. was? And I think we do. I think yep. it is that unshakable worthiness part of yourself that you can mm -hmm. take that with you everywhere. And no mm -hmm. one can take it away from you, mm -hmm. even yourself, yeah. <laughs> even you. Yeah, being a part of that healing journey and that authentic right. process. Right. Mm -hmm. um, for the individual today is such a breath of fresh air. I was just down at the men's campus and. You know, just, just watching guys safe enough to communicate clearly with somebody like the president of a company coming and saying, hey, you know, your, this program is absolutely amazing, but the other day when you saw me, you didn't say hi. I was like, oh crap, I didn't see you. <laughs> you know, something as simple yeah. as that. Yeah. That is so much safety. These guys have yeah. been there two weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the type of environment we have, and that's what I love about Peaks is it's so transparent is it has integrity woven into every corner. There's no dark corners. Mm -mm. I mean, I think clients really, it really satiates the nervous system when people walk in. You know? Yeah. Well, safe, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, There's it, no agenda, underlying yeah. agenda. Yeah. What you see mm -hmm. is what you get. Yeah. Yep. Every day. Well, that lack of safety, I mean, we've talked about on this show a few times, like when people have to be hypervigilant of like, I have to be reading things, like where's the problems? Where are the dark corners? What, are the, what, what isn't safe here at Peaks? Like it's why top to bottom, it has to have integrity and it has to be yeah. kind of a, a solid program. That's yeah. the only way this sort of thing works, I right. think. Um, let me transition to the third principle. Uh, he says treating addiction must go beyond addressing symptoms and get to the underlying root causes of destructive behavior. 
because um, it's, again, like it just speaks to, it's so easy, I think, to um, just say drinking's bad or heroin's bad or depression's bad. Like, here's the behaviors you have to change uh, to be okay. That's that outside-in approach. Um, and some of that's true. Like, there are a few things that need to be adjusted, maybe in an environment, maybe not. Mm -hmm. um, but so much of it is, like, maintaining that curiosity um, to go through that. And just like the previous one about... Um, the, the brilliant strategy, like, why is this brilliant strategy here? What, what, what is that strategy kind of dealing with? And I think uh, that's, to me, the exciting part of therapy, to be honest with you, is helping people track that stuff down. Right. Mm -hmm. Helping people track that stuff down. Yeah. That's <laughs> it might be over here. I like that, right. Check over there. Right. So people say, well, what are you going to do for me in therapy? Yeah. Maybe help you track some stuff down. Yeah. Maybe, Maybe, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's I right there, that. but like you can't yeah. see it within yourself. It's yeah. it is crazy. Yeah, and that's where I love a lot of the you know where does where does that trauma show up today, and what does it inform? So I yeah. really love TJ's point on that. And I think he even mentioned in the episode like where do you feel that in your body? Mm. I'm a big somatic guy, and yeah. I think the body holds a lot of that. But what I've learned through my somatic work is if we don't have that container of safety, mm. it won't come up. Mm. And so they used to ask me where do you feel it in your body, and I'm like I'm thinking about it right here. Yeah. I don't feel anything because I'm really disconnected. My brain's keeping me really safe because there's a lot going on here. Yeah. But I love when we moved into that authentic space and we can really start to move some of that old maladapted energy right. in a really efficacious way that creates long-term healing. Yeah. Mm. Um, not recovery, healing. And that's something that a couple of guys have been getting with me lately. Mm -hmm. Matt specifically, he's like, that's not a recovery behavior, man. It's a life behavior. Right. I'm like, ah, yeah, you get so caught up in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That works for everybody. Yeah. Everybody's struggling. Everybody, with that. yeah. You know, and boy, what a good feeling to know if you felt marginalized or ostracized or, you know, outside looking in. This is a human condition issue. Mm -hmm. There's nobody I can encounter that hasn't felt this in some way way. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't happen. Right. And that, that, you want to talk about safety in the world, that feels safer. Mm -hmm. There is some fundamental thing that just connects people on that human level. Mm -hmm. That, I think that is safety, mm -hmm. emotional safety. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. In my, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking like, the question that's top of mind for me is why do we still do substance abuse treatment? What, you're, and you're the chief clinical officer, and I'm wondering, I know we don't do substance do abuse we? treatment. What, is it, what are you but talking why, about? What is, is there any efficacy to, now I understand from a community integration approach potentially, but when we go back to this perfect, mm -hmm. perfect being, I think that that old approach really misses the mark mm -hmm. um, because it's up to the individual and the finger often gets pointed back in my part and so what is the efficacy today, if it, at all, if that these substance abuse approaches where people come in and they deliver in packets and they go through relapse prevention and we talk about yeah. how you can stay away from the old crowd and erase numbers in your phone and back to the old stuff, which is everywhere. and unmanageability and all yeah. that stuff. And I think, yeah. I mean, I, I think you're being a little rhetorical. I, I mean, and I do, th yeah. there's a lane where that works for some people, mm -hmm. right? Like the, and, and I don't want to uh, undermine that at all. Like, the, I have... Um, I think the people that I've found that sort of thing works really well with are people, like I've had great success with some clients that are very kind of concrete mm -hmm. thinkers. Like black they just white, think yeah. black and white and they literally like, oh, okay, so stop going to the bar and I can do that and stop. Mm -hmm. and, they, and they can follow, kind of do it. Yeah. Um, 
I would say they're atypical people like that that are just willing to kind of follow instruction right. and like it, that is all the freedom they can find is like okay I can I can kind of follow that path. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think the more we kind of talk about this and kind of explore concepts like conscious recovery um, and what we're exploring with our own curriculum at Peaks is that um, it, we just don't draw the distinction. Like it's just mm -hmm. like a, everybody's in the same pot and like it doesn't matter <laughs> if you're if you know you're an affluent person mm -hmm. with depression and you're confused about why you're in here with all these other people right like mm -hmm. we're all the people right. well and, yeah we're, right we're all the people but we also need to be like mindful that not not everybody is in that spot i mean i wasn't in that spot until recently like even understanding a little bit of this stuff mm -hmm. we get a lot of calls too is my child that's mental, mental health primary going to be with people that, ha that are substance use. Like, wh what does that mean? Yeah. Help me understand what that means. Mm -hmm. Because this kid, is, he's cutting his wrist, right? And, he, yeah. and he's in pain, that's his strategy. Uh-huh. Is that different than this strategy? I mean, it's just a strategy. Yeah. So if we can change the dialogue just to, well, it's all mental health, mm -hmm. but the strategies to survive do manifest in other ways. Mm -hmm. We got to find the commonalities. I think way too long there's been this this um, schism between yeah. these two things, yeah. Yeah. and it doesn't serve either side. Mm -hmm. so it does. No, sure. not at all. Why? Why is this going on? Yeah. You know? Well, it, it, don't you think they're just asking, like, yeah. will people understand me, and will I be around people? That That's get right. It? That's the real question. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and I think as long as as a staff we can answer that question that. We all understand you. Yeah. Yes. We all are humans and living through this human condition. We've all had to wrestle with these things. And it doesn't matter what your issue is that brought you here. Like, yeah. The solution is a lot the same, actually. Right. And it's, and it's kind of addressing that toxic shame and, yes. and resolving your trauma and that sort of thing. I think that right. yeah. is most helpful. I want that light. And that's, I love the light that you all cast on everybody. And it's a bright light, and it doesn't, it's not on substance users, it's not on codependent people, it's not on people with relationship issues, it's not on people with process addictions, it's everybody. That's right. It, and it's really got to be that way yeah. um, for it to work for everybody. And my goal is always, and when I walk with people, I always walk with them on a journey of like, you know, because the substance abuser carries a tremendous amount of shame because of the way the world looks at substance abusers. Big time. But I'll often walk with people to say, hey, you know, my wife used to hang out with recovery crowds, mm -hmm. and she just used to say things like, I would say, you know, this is 15 years ago. I'm like, why are you here? This is a closed meetings of Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> and she would say things like, I don't know, I can just really relate to what you guys got going on here. Whoa. Never touched a substance. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, well, you can't, you know? <laughs> and so, like, I want to go back, and I want, I want yeah. my wife to be able to yeah. see herself in our program. Right. Mm -hmm. Because she suffers just the same. Yeah. Right. And if we all live to 100, which the substance abuser has this inherent risk, and it probably won't happen. But if we live to 100, we're in the same spot. Right. You know, all alone. That's exactly right. And I think, uh, TJ, and I, I was reading this book, and I was, we were talking about it earlier, too, and I think it's worth mentioning. And I'm a very spiritual person. I feel like I've had conversations with God. And I don't mean that in a, a crazy way. I've been on mountains, and I feel like God has spoken to me. Yeah. Um, and there's this book that I just read that's called Why Religion, and it's kind of a loaded title. Um, and it, it was a question mark. And my buddy and, uh, that I met in Ecuador in the Andes had me read it. And I'm reading through it, and it's very, very wordy, but there, it comes to a point in the back of the book where it's like a magic eye book when we're kids, when you like cross your eyes and it pops off the page. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it goes, when you know yourself, you will come to know the presence of God. Mm. 
and for me, that just hit home so much with this conscious recovery mm-hmm. stuff. When I see the light in myself, I can see it in others, and I can yeah. see this true, genuine, authentic world right. as maybe it once was. Right. See, know? and then there's where we got it wrong yeah. with the, this higher power conversation. Because this yeah. comes up. I mean, yeah. come on. How often do you hear this? It just keeps coming mm-hmm. up. Like, well, I don't, I don't believe in God, and I don't have a higher power, so that, you know, that, that part is not for me or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? And it, but it's just connecting, <laughs> connecting with you. Yeah. You know, that's, that's all you've got to do. Mm-hmm. That, that really is. And everything else will be revealed yeah. from that. Yeah. And it all falls into place. Yeah. Do you think it's easier, though, to identify that unshakable piece of, you know, value in yourself or someone else? Can you see, who do you see it in first? Because I think you start with, I don't see it in anybody, mm-hmm. including myself. But I actually think that there were times where I saw it in other people first, mm-hmm. and that opened up the idea that like, maybe they see me mm-hmm. in that way. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Yeah. But I, I don't know, it could go either way. Yeah, I always approached my recovery <laughs> from what the, what the culture fed me at the time, which was like, I mean, I was told when I went into AA, when I went into this field, yeah. if somebody in early recovery's lips are moving, they're lying. That's what I was told 15 years ago. They're yeah. like, okay, training 101, if, uh, if an addict talks, they're lying. I'm like, wow. that makes sense because I'm a liar. Shame, 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 shame. Yeah. Shame with shame, exacerbate shame, yeah. more shame. Yeah. And so. And it doesn't cancel out. No, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't really, at all. That's not how that works. You know, and to approach people, people can feel when you approach them from their wholeness and wow. fullness. Yeah. It's a much different conversation, a much different energy exchange. That's like death right there. Right? Everything, you're here, you're somewhere you're trying to connect, and, and everything you say is a lie. Yeah, right? What's the way why out are we of even that? Talking? Like, why, why I guess am I'll I get here? more time. Right. Hopeless. That's yeah. hopelessness. Yeah. And I'm less than. Right. Forever. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. Permanently. Mm-hmm. And it makes a good, it, it's set and setting when a lot of that stuff was fostered. It makes a yeah. lot of sense. But it, as in, in 2023, I think we right. can see humans much more authentically. Yeah. Much more authentically. I think so too. All right, four, fourth principle, Here we go. so we can get through these things. Uh, the root cause, and we've talked about this one a bit, the root causes of addictive behavior are unresolved trauma, spiritual disconnection, and toxic shame. And, um, man, the, this one hits, like, I feel really in touch with the trauma piece. Like, I think we've been doing that for quite a while, and the toxic shame. Uh, you know, I've been with Brene Brown. I've been rolling with Brene Brown uh, since before it was cool. Yeah, you um, are. Oh, gee. Yeah. But that, that spiritual disconnection piece hits me too. Yeah. Um, and it was what I was telling the clinical team uh, this week was that um, it's the most exciting emerging part of this whole process, Completely. I think, is part of our um, curriculum and what we're doing. is like I think we have created such a great safe space and we, we've put the tools in and we don't have dark corners like mm-hmm. you said. Um, and now we built this identity and purpose component to our program. And to me, like it gets energized by the spiritual piece to find your meaning, to find your purpose, to find your direction, to find your values and to yeah. find what it is you believe in and to connect to yourself again. And, and, uh, and that goes to what you just said, that quote about, um, seeing the face of God within myself, like mm-hmm. what, um, but so, like I can feel the power of it too. Mm-hmm. And I can feel that missing component. Oh, and, it, and it's exciting because there's almost this, this disconnection or, or like a dryness that happens when we're talking about just evidence-based, mm-hmm. evidence-based modalities, mm-hmm. which 
We do here. Yeah, sure. But sure. my point in that is evidence of what? 10, 10 to 15% yeah. success? Yeah. Right. Is that the evidence? Yeah. Like, is that, is that what we're looking to? That's not good enough. No. That's yeah. not even close. At you know, all. that's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. So even yeah. that evidence based, like, it works 15% of the time. It works 15%. Yeah. Uh, yeah, evidence of a failure. Yeah. That's what I see. And so we, we need to stay flexible. And we need to get mm -hmm. excited about the unexplored mm -hmm. parts or the unseen parts sometimes. Yeah. And I do. I think it is the spirituality piece. Mm -hmm. It is. And, and evidence-based just means uh, researchable. Sure. And right. it's hard. How do you research right. spiritual connection? Right. <laughs> yeah. right. It's it tricky. Right. So it's hard to... How do you make that an evidence-based approach? How do you... Whittle it down. Well, here's the that. evidence, right? Yeah. Here, here's right. the yeah. evidence. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. is yeah. evidence-based. Yeah. How, how do people get better? You get in touch with yourself. You feel connected to people around you. You can't even explain that. Mm -hmm. You're yeah. just back in that state of wholeness. That's all the evidence you're going to need. Right. The evidence <laughs> you need is to know that you're actually perfect the way that you right. are. Yeah. And it right. seems like loaded, and, but it, it really is that. Well, and TJ says, go back to a time in your life did you ever feel good? And I thought about that. I, you know, I was driving my car. I'm like, oh, God, you know, <laughs> when was that? Yeah. And it was many, many years ago in, in childhood. I remember just feeling like I'm a part of this world. I belong in this world. I have a place here. Uh -huh. And then I got farther and farther away from that. Yeah. So there's, the, there's some evidence right there. Yeah. That's when things were right. Yeah. How, do we go, how do we go back? You know, re recovering, recovery, recovering what's lost. Yeah. Like, how do we get right. that back? Yeah. Yeah, that sense of self is, is really, really important. And I love that we're talking about this now because it used to be a heavy component of ours when we were 12-step driven a handful of years ago. It was yeah. like, well, you're going to go to AA and figure it out. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to find a power greater than yourself. And you just found people just coming out, just, what is this? You know, yeah. it says God everywhere and does this thing, and it really feels like a box. It's a bigger box than it used to be, but it yeah. still feels like a box. And now it's one of the components of our program that I think, um, you know, really re-emphasizing and highlighting to have people have that purpose um, and that guidance spiritually, I think can be really, really cool. Mm -hmm. And I never knew, I never, I didn't hear things like, well, when you get to the bottom of this wholeness and fullness of your true self, you'll then experience the presence of God. And when I was yeah. in Ecuador and I was walking with this guy and my good friend and I would sit there and I would go, man, this is Mount Chimborazo, man. It's 21,000 feet. We're here. Wow. And there's llamas and there's Quechua people and they've been around since the Incans and they're doing this thing. I'm like, I don't know why you got to overcomplicate things. This is the presence of God. And he kept saying, I know, man. Yeah, I know. I know. Man. I know. <laughs> no, trust me, I get it. I know. I get you caught it. on. Yeah. And then he gave me the book and I was like, whoa, you do know. Yeah, yeah. really cool. So you, you find those moments, Chris, you're, you are literally like on the mountaintop. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Jason, I have a feeling you're the same. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're the same way. It is my church. Yeah. 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 I, I always say, when we go hiking on Sunday, I say, right. get ready for the best church service you've ever <laughs> been a part of. You want me to sing now or sing later? Mm. Let's go. Yeah. And it really is because, and that's spiritual. It's like it we start at the trailhead and quality of life is abysmal, especially for people that are new, right? 4 a.m., it's cold, I don't know where we're going. Chris Burns has been talking for an hour, oh, yeah. two hours. But we're going to check in. Quality of life is going to be a 4 out of 10. But when you come across that summit, something happens. Yeah. Uh, I think you recognize that 
wholeness and fullness and that true part about yourself that has been lost on that mountaintop. And actually, it causes you to focus in on that. Big time. Yeah. And it's this amazing experience. And I always check in with people in like quality of life, and they, they rattle off a number that's not between 1 and 10 as they bawl their eyes out. Yeah. And so that's my goal is like, I want, and I know Jason too, he introduced me to this. He's like, let me take you to my church and let me see if you can relate to that. And in the beginning stages, I thought I did from a spiritual perspective, but it was much more physical for me. Mm. And now it's so spiritual. I mean, it's a sanctuary yeah. from the way that the, the wind blows through the pine needles, from the way that they look in the night when your headlamp hits and I could start crying. Right yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, it's special. Right. And that's the presence, I think, that we're trying yeah. to show each and every client, each and every human that walks through our program that they have a safe, safe space within. Yeah, and to, to find that spot, because maybe it doesn't, mm -hmm. maybe it doesn't happen on the mountain, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe it happens somewhere else, maybe it's when you're in your art, or you're, mm -hmm. you know, you're working out, I don't know. Yeah. But if, mm -hmm. if we can help people find the spot where like the sun hits their face, yeah. then we win. Yeah, guys been, a lot of guys have been playing music lately, yeah. playing the piano, and you can just see that's the sun's hitting their yeah. face. And for whatever reason, artists too, for a lot of, lot of years, it's like, dad is a doctor, dad is a doctor, I'm an artist. Yeah. I think we, we give people like this really cool opportunity to be who they are. Yeah. Right. And that's what I love our Friday night alumni groups that have been um, a bit snagging lately because of the COVID stuff. Yeah. We're mm -hmm. gonna be back online. It's like, these people get in there and they pick up their instrument and they light up like a Christmas tree. Yeah, you can see it, yeah. the, fl the flow, mm -hmm. just the complete, oh, you know, when you see real alignment, it, it takes your breath away. It does. Yeah. It, it's like, it, really it, it just, it chokes me up. When you see someone that's in a place of um, mastery and like flow and yeah. they're in touch with that, that piece, it does. I mean, it just can make you cry. Yeah. It does. Special. Special. Yeah. And then it, all this ties into this last principle, which is the pathway to permanent freedom. Permanent freedom. Let's go. Through the adoption <laughs> of spiritual practices and principles. I love that. Full restoration. Full, Full Let's restoration. Go. Yeah. And we've been saying that forever. Like, it, we're not hanging on by a thread. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. not you're one foot away from the ditch. Like, yeah. I want to live completely unafraid. Mm -hmm. that, that's the only thing that's good enough for me. Yeah. Because I'm worth it. Yeah. And the consequence actually today is not death. Right. And we're not walking. We're not dealing with those set of consequences right. today. Um, because we're in this healed place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what, what I thought of when I, when I was <laughs> thinking about coming on this show, too, is that there's certainly a thing that I've heard and I probably have said, which is this person lost their gift of desperation. Mm. And I will grant that, like, if that's what gets somebody down this path, it's helpful, but, like, you don't want to be desperate for decades. Mm. <laughs> no. It, it, mm -hmm. it's a sh that should be a very short-term gift if it is a gift at all. I don't right. know. That's... That's my thought on that. Right. Desper yeah, the gift, of, the gift of desperation. It feels intense. It yeah. yeah, it feels <laughs> it does forever. Yeah. yeah, it feels it's a little fear-mongery, a little, fear a little yeah. like, yeah, I don't know about You're desperate until you get to safety. Yeah. You know, the, the gift yep. is the safety. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. And what is it that, you know, traumatized people excrete more of the um, stress hormone five to ten times? Oh, yeah, than cortisol, epinephrine, yeah. And so flooded. you come in, you know, you're in AA, and you're like, don't, you'll hold that chair tight, and you're sitting there like, yeah. I got the gift of desperation. Yeah. And I like the, what's going on internally right. and um, from an, a nervous system perspective and our ability to heal and find safety. And God forbid we won't even talk about agency because right. yeah. <laughs> that's been stripped in your adolescence. And then you go in, and it's like box over your head. You're like, no agency. Mm. Yeah. You know, you can't put one foot in front of the other. So 
Right. I think these are really important subject matters to discuss in a time that's really worthwhile to discuss them. Yeah. I think it is too. Yeah, and it's why it's I was cool. so excited to have you guys on here as we, as we kind of really are working. How do we, how do we embrace these uh, principles and weave them into what I think is a pretty dynamic uh, curriculum now? But um, I was also telling the clinical team too, we're really committed to not being stagnant either. Yeah. And to, to be ever changing and open to learning and, and um, open to new ideas and concepts. And, and I think that's what we've embraced. Like, we are an unrecognizable company compared to where we were even just yeah. a couple of years ago. And uh, yeah, um, <laughs> things that, are different. Yeah. yeah, and it's exciting and, and um, it's palatable, I think, on our campus yeah. and all that, so. Yeah, I love the way the clinical team wraps around it too. I mean, they just have this infectious energy about them with a lot of this conscious recovery stuff and they're already compassionate and empathetic and now they have you know, the curriculum and the structure of this, the conscious recovery. I think it really just empowers them to go forward even more mm -hmm. to hold that space, which at times can be really difficult to do because again, it requires us to take care of ourselves. Yep. You know, we all gotta take care of ourselves. And I think that's the difference that special sauce at Peaks is these meaningful moments that matter. But in addition to that, we have a culture that TJ spoke to that says open and it's mm. clear and authentic and people can heal within it because right. we're all, we're still in this journey of healing. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So. I mean, it, that's the beautiful thing. It's an even playing field. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, we may, <laughs> yeah, we're, all the yeah, same, we're all we're on the same boat here. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Right. We're all in it together. And, and, you know, we've done our work and we know, we know how to help guide these things or to create the safety for the healing to occur yes. uh, from the inside out. But, mm -hmm. um, but we're all in this together. Yes. This little life thing. <laughs> it's a little um, thing called yeah. life. Um, anyway, I appreciate you guys uh, coming on. Uh, yeah. I thought that was a great discussion. Yeah, thank um, you. And with that, I think we'll sign off. Um, please follow us on Facebook or download the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Um, Instagram, I'm sure we're on there. Haven't seen a lot of TikToks lately. I don't know. You out? So slacking. Well, yeah, I know. A few new ones. Make sure you like um, them. And as always, feel free to email <laughs> us at questions at findingpeaks.com, and we'll be happy to address those as we go forward. Thank you guys again, and with that, we're out.